What's going on everybody and welcome back to Frantic Thoughts, the most unexceptional gaming and geek culture podcast on the web. Each week we sit down for 30-ish minutes, talk about my week, get into some news, and then we dive into a topic, and then we're out for the day. And we come back the next week. This podcast posts every Thursday at 12 p.m. Central Time. So, like clockwork, here I am again, and let's talk about my week. Last week was a busy one, okay? So, the week before, if you didn't listen, uh, you probably should have. I don't know. I can never tell which podcast is better than the other. They're all my little babies, and I like to make them. It's fun. So, anyway, last week I talked about the hurricane, Hurricane Harvey, and uh, nobody had anything for four or five days. So, as many of you know, I work at a grocery store and I'm a manager of a dairy department at a grocery store. So, this entire week, this last week, I pulled so many long shifts. I, I worked seven days in a row and every day I worked over 10 hours, except for one day where I had something scheduled, I had to leave early. But besides that, I worked almost 60 hours altogether. So, my company actually hooked us up. We got time and a half for all that, and we got overtime on top of that. So my check's gonna look pretty nice. So I didn't have a lot of time for gaming this week or watching movies or anything. Um, I did say I wanted to watch more movies coming up, uh, some that I missed, and uh, I'll get to them. And when I do, I'll talk about them. Uh, if I watch a movie that's really good and I really want to talk about it or really terrible, I'll probably make it the topic of the show. It's just been gaming-related stuff recently because that's what I've been interested in a lot. And I apologize if my cat meows. She is either in heat or wants something. I have no idea. Storm. Storm. Huh. What are you doing? chill <laughs> sorry for the long pauses there um she's going crazy she's like running around the room i have no idea what she's doing she's a great cat though um yeah i'm, I'm recording at a kind of a weird time it's 11 in the morning um i woke up a couple of hours ago and i played Mega Man 2 and beat it so i wanted to talk a little bit about that um i, I i've been trying to focus on doing the cartridge club game of the month better or more often um i usually i've been listening to the podcast since they started and um i kind of don't always play every single game i'll pop into some here and there but um what i've been trying to do is make a more concerted effort to actually beat one every month or at least hop into one i've already played like portal i played through like i played for like 30 minutes i'm like all right i remember this like pretty well because i've played that game maybe 10 15 times so i'm like Maybe one day I'll just come back and just do a Let's Play on this or something. And um, maybe I will. But I was like, all right, I remember this game. This game's awesome. I love it. I just did a bunch of chapter select stuff. And then, um, so yeah. Uh, it's, it's a really loud day today, apparently. It was super quiet, right? And then I sit down, dog downstairs barking. Cats are flying, meowing, jumping into the curtains and breaking stuff or whatever it's just one of those days but yeah anyway i've been trying to play the cartridge club games and last month i played journey to 
I can't remember if I beat it. I know I remember not, like, it was one night. I was a little drunk, actually. I had a couple beers in me, and uh, I was playing it, but I don't remember if I actually beat it. I don't think I did. I think I just played maybe, like, an hour or so, which that game's only, like, an hour and a half, so I probably almost beat it. But I remember playing it and thinking, yeah, I remember this game really well because I actually played it not even six months ago. So it's like, yeah, okay. And then this week, yesterday, yeah, it was yesterday, I sat down after work and I had Mega Man Legacy Collection. It's been installed on my PS4 for a long time because everybody says I would love Mega Man because I love platformers and I have never played the Mega Man series. So the Mega, uh, I saw this month that Mega Man 2 was a Cartridge Club game of the month. I was like, okay, I'll just hold off till then and then I'll play through it. So I sat down. And you know what? Actually, no, I was going to say, if you guys don't know what the Cartridge Club game of the month is, I, I guess somebody, this could be somebody's first podcast. I'll just explain real quick. Cartridge Club is a group of people that play a singular game and we all talk about it, tweet about it, and then they have a podcast that they post every month. So yeah, um, that's what I'm doing. I want to play it so I kind of uh, know what the game's all about. So I sat down yesterday and I just per- turned on Mega Man 2. And I just sat there for, I don't know, an hour and a half, and I beat all of, of the main stages. And I'm like, this game's actually not that hard. It, it, it is, and I actually didn't use save states the first day at all. I did, I will say I used save states on some of the Skull Castle levels, because they're kind of BS in spots, in my opinion. And uh, on Wily, I did use one save state just to figure out his weakness, and then on the boss rush, I did use two save states. So altogether, use like four, I think, for the entire run, which is pretty good for my first time playing it. I know some people don't like save states, but yeah, I hear the dog downstairs. If you guys hear it, I apologize. I'm just powering through it. <laughs> um, but I don't think save states, save states are, are hard are wrong when you're trying to beat a game faster. Like I'll play. I could have played it the regular way, but I don't. I have limited time to play new games that I, I keep buying or I got just sitting here on my shelf. Um, so I want to just do it as fast as possible, as efficient as possible. And, uh, I still learned the game and I probably, I think if I played it again, I could probably do it without save states since I know what's coming up. Cause sometimes you'll go to a, to just like another section of a level in Mega Man two. And you're just like, okay. Um, yeah, what do I do here? Or, does this floor have random holes in it that you cannot see? That that was annoying. I hated that. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. It, it was a cool game. I really liked it. I'll probably play some more Mega Mans down the line. Uh, I will probably play the portable game this month, which I actually haven't done yet. I have Chinatown Wars, and I bought it, and then it just sat in my D- on my DS shelf over there for, like, I don't even know, for a, the entire month. So I didn't even play that game. Uh, Tetris, nope. So I will be jumping on this month when I'm going to try to find a copy of ZX. If anybody has a copy of Mega Man ZX, I will be playing that for sure. Okay, so there's that game. Uh, What else did I play? I played Call of Duty World War II Beta. And let me tell you guys, this game sucks. In my opinion. See, I I know I I, I have used that. Thing where I say I don't like when people say something sucks okay to me it is a miserable time because 
I used to play Call of Duty a lot, and um, I'm actually pretty good at Call of Duty, generally. And so I was thinking, okay, I played, and I just kept dying for really random reasons. And I think it's the map design that really ruins that game for me at the at the moment. I don't know if I'm going to buy it yet. I haven't decided. I'm kind of on the fence after the beta. I played like four or five hours of the beta. I got to like level 15 or 18 or something. So I played a decent amount of the multiplayer. I tried all the different guns out. There's a couple I liked. But the map design gets kind of... There's just so many lanes in the map design. So usually when you have a multiplayer map, you'll have one side where one team spawns and one side where the other team spawns and then each side is somewhat symmetrical or if it's not symmetrical at least when you get towards the center the lanes all go into one area in the center where you do most of the fighting and you can fight on the way over to the middle so the way these maps are set up they sort of do that but they're in weird shapes and there's a lot of lanes and there's a lot of ways to flank people which sounds good but it's not in this type of game because the time to kill is so fast you die in two bullets one bullet whatever okay snipers suck too in this game i'll tell you that much no i mean they're good they're amazing they're the best when you play with one but getting killed out of nowhere you know split second speed like the snipers are overpowered so all this stuff can change the maps can't change i only liked one of the maps out of them but the guns can change so i don't really worry about that I'm thinking about just the future of the multiplayer because I I like having a multiplayer game where I have 10 minutes I can go play a match. So that's what I'm thinking. I might skip this one and then just get Battlefront or something this year. And uh, I have Splatoon. I have Destiny. I'm getting literally after I'm done with this, I'm going to go drive to Best Buy and pick up Destiny. So, oh, Destiny and I'm getting Uncharted. I'm going to probably pick up a few things when I'm there. Uh, but yeah. That's not what I'm talking about right now. But anyway, when I was when I hop onto a match, it's it was frustrating because hopefully I've been talking to the mic good this whole time. Anyway, <laughs> wow, I, I can't keep I can't keep on track today at all. It's frustrating because you'll be playing and you feel like you're doing pretty good, and then you get shot in the back, respawn, you know, uh, get sniped out of nowhere two seconds after you respawn. Walk around a little bit, boom, explode, or you're dead. This is a this is normal complaints for any multiplayer. But if you have solid map design, and if you have solid guns, and there aren't too much cheesy things that will kill you fast, you can have a good time. Like Titanfall 2. I love Titanfall 2. I actually didn't... I was actually kind of terrible at Titanfall 2 at first, but I played the campaign, loved it, then I got jumped into multiplayer. I knew the mechanics, and I did pretty good, and I held my own. I was going, you know, one positive kill death every time, helping my team on objective modes. Had a great time. In this Call of Duty game, I just I just was having a crappy time. I just felt like crap when I was playing it. Like I felt like I was not making any progress, no matter how much I played. So that's my first impression of the multiplayer is it's probably not for me but i know some people out there really like it and if you do more power to you but uh i, I might skip call of duty again this year which is sad because i can pop in black ops 3 like any of the black ops series i love them they're awesome like i love them 
Um, Black Ops 3 was ruined for one reason, which is the topic this week. We'll get into that during the topic of the show. Or topic of the week, whatever. <laughs> but uh, I liked all the Black Ops games, and I liked all the Modern Warfare games a lot. And I guess those are the ones that I will stick with. I keep looking over there at my shelf and my C's and seeing all the Call of Duty's lined up right over there. But yeah. Um, yeah, so that's about all I've been doing this week. I played Mega Man, some Call of Duty. We've been, uh, we're about two or three episodes into Defenders. We're, we really haven't watched a lot of shows. We just like catch an episode of stuff this week because I've been, been getting home late and then we've just been really busy. She's been working a lot too. So yeah, that's about it for this week. Nothing too crazy. Oh, let's go ahead and jump into the 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 news of interest yes it's the news of interest coming to you right now from my mouth to your ears we have a bunch of gaming news again this week i i i always lean on the side of gaming but if i see some other geeky comic stuff or something that jumps out i'll talk about it but we are going to start with the story from Kotaku. These first three or four stories are from Kotaku. Maybe all these stories are from Kotaku. If you guys like gaming news, that is my favorite site to go to is Kotaku. Anyway, po- Pokemon Boss thought the Switch was going to be a failure. Yeah, so when speaking to Bloomberg, Isahara recalled what he initially thought about the Switch. I told Nintendo that Switch wouldn't be a success before it went on sale. Because I thought that in the age of smartphone, no one would carry a game console. It's obvious that I was wrong. For Izahara, the Switch's success has been a learning experience. I came to realize the key to a successful game is quite simple. Software with absolute quality leads sales. Software with absolute quality leads sales of hardware. He continues, Playing style can be flexible if that software is attractive enough. Currently, it's popular among the earlier adopters, but there needs to be one more step to attract a wider audience. I see more potential in Switch, but one shouldn't overestimate its potential. I thought that was a really cool quote, and he does make a good point, that the Switch is very successful. It is I would say one of the better launches in console history, right? But doesn't mean really strong first year sales does not mean that it it's gonna be this amazing this entire time that it's uh that it's out. It needs to have good quality titles throughout its lifespan, and I agree with that. We have Zelda. We have Mario this year. We got Rabbids. Everybody loves Rabbids. I didn't pick it up. I am considering picking up this week, but I have a lot of other stuff to play and watch and do. So uh, I I, I was actually excited for Rabbids, and I think I might just skip it for a while and wait for a sale or something, honestly. But yeah, besides that, they have a lot of really good games coming out this year. Mario's coming out next month now. Man, that's crazy. It kind of made my heart jump a little bit thinking about it. I am so excited. For Mario. I'm too excited. Anyway, they have great games coming out this year, but we don't know what's coming really too much after this year. Um, so I can see where he's standing from. It's a success right now because of the strong hardware and it's a nice form factor, I think. So 
yeah, I just wanted to say that quote. Now that's all there is really to that new story. He didn't really expect it to be a success, and our cat is going everywhere again. What are you doing? I want. I hope that picked up on Mike. She looked adorable. Anyway, <laughs> uh, man, that made me lose my train of thought. Um, what? What do you want? Okay. Anyway, <laughs> she's just, my cat's just going nuts. She just like really wants attention or something. I don't know what's with her today. I did feed her. She has food. I don't know. Uh, apparently, this uh, next news story. Apparently, this Secret of Mana remake is going to be a bit more low frills, low frills, and not as nicely polished and as crazy and beautiful as people are thinking it's going to be. So. Let's see who it was. It was Chris Kohler from Kotaku, again, uh, went and played a demo of uh, Secret of Mana, the, the remake of it for PlayStation 4, Vita, and Steam that's coming out later on. Uh, it's coming to, let's see, reveal that it works and works for PlayStation 4, Vita, and Steam coming in February. That's when it's coming up. He played at PAX West. He played it on the show floor, and I'm looking at some of these screenshots. And the models in the character is, I mean, like the world, they look like if you took a 3DS game and just made it a little more high poly, it's not really next gen looking or anything. It's kind of the similar game. So let's see the Rumi, da 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 da. They keep the original Super Nintendo music, which some people will like, but. I know a lot of people would probably prefer them remaster it and to make it like some orchestra, orchestrated music, but that's not a big deal. I'm not worried about that because it has good music. Mana has really good music. Um, let's see. Since the end. I'm just reading, sorry. Uh, the original system has been reworked in an effort to realize a modern action RPG with improved gameplay. So that's a positive. And it says it's true how much I love mana. There were some broken elements. The magic system being the worst defender. We'll have to wait till February 15 to understand how much has been tweaked. Based on what we have seen now, Secret of Mana is fairly straightforward. Low, low frills rebuilding of the original game. Since Square Enix has been ser had serious trouble creating new games in the mana series that even come close to touching the greatness of this one, perhaps a return to the original is what the series needs to move forward. So, it's low frills. You don't expect this humongous, like, reimagining of Secret of Mana. But it doesn't look bad. It looks pretty solid. Alright. Next up, we got... Apparently, Mario isn't a plumber anymore. This is a dumb little story. But, let's see. Apparently, in a Japanese language profile... According to Mara's newly updated official Japanese language profile, the iconic character isn't a plumber anymore. So, this is the quote. All around sporty, whether it's tennis or baseball, sock, soccer or car racing, he, Mario, does everything cool. As a matter of fact, he also seems to have worked as a plumber a long time ago. And, of course, when he was Jumpman... He was a carpenter. That's what they based it off of because it makes sense for the situation. Mario is anything you want him to be, guys. Okay? 
This is a dumb story. I'm, I'm gonna skip. I just get, go away from this one. This is dumb. Mario is pretty much whatever they want him to be. He isn't a plumber. But I thought it was funny that they actually had to mention that. And there was a, a lot of stories about it. Mar Mario has been everything at this point. Construction worker. Uh, plumber. Tennis player. Olympic, Olympic Games player. You know, he does everything. He plays golf. Mario is whatever you want him to be. Also, Knack 2 is actually decent, apparently. I know I've joked about it a lot. Twitter, uh, I'm sure on the podcast I've joked about it, that Knack 2 will save our souls. And, uh, and it looks okay. Uh, the, the games are getting around 7 scores, 7 sixes, maybe a couple 8s here and there. Um... It's not going to knock your socks off, but it's an improvement over the original, and it looks like it's a little charming, fun kids game. Uh, yeah, that's all I wanted to say is, I know Natsu isn't going to save our soul, and it's been a joke for a long time, but it's actually somewhat decent, and it's only 40 bucks, and I'm sure it'll be in a bargain bin in six months, so maybe I'll pick it up then and try it out. That's it. That's all for the news this week. Yeah. Nothing too hard hitting. It's kind of a slow time. Uh, we are going to do one more news story, but it's going to be in the topic of the week. So let's go ahead and jump over to that section of the show, and we'll probably wrap it up pretty soon. It's going to be a quick topic. So we're going to jump into the topic of the week. Cue the music underneath me right now. You're hearing some kind of music. I don't know what yet, but there's, there's some music under me. I hope you guys like that, because I think having music per section, or just a little punch per section, gives the podcast a little flow. Anyway, this new story is that Destiny 2 has microtransactions, which I don't know if you guys knew that, but I want to talk about microtransactions in general, and if they're ruining games, or is, is it just going to be there forever, and be one of those things that we're stuck with? Okay, I've talked about this with the Shadow of War uh, microtransaction stuff, but it, it's happening more and more, and it's getting on my nerves now. So, um, there was another story I saw up here. We'll just talk about microtransactions for now. Uh, I could talk about the other story next week, or maybe not at all. But Destiny 2 has microtransactions, and Let's see, uh, Destiny streamer King Goliath has inspected the possible contents of Bright Ingrams, which can be purchased for Silver Destiny's real real money currency at a microtransaction store, Eververse. That was a lot of words. Uh, but the, the thing is, is that most people thought it was going to be cosmetic stuff, and there are some stuff that changes gameplay. Which, of course, there are, and I know you can earn bright engrams in the game as you play. So, I don't know how good, how hard they are to learn. I think it's just every time you level, you get one. So, you're kind of, like, skipping the fun of leveling up to buy these, which I wouldn't do personally. I would just play the game. But the possibility is there, and then people are thinking it gives people an unfair advantage because there's a PvP mode in the game. Um... Ability cooldown armor mods, chance to contain an armor mod that decreased the cooldown of one, all these effects 
or subclass abilities, character stat, armor mods, chances to contain an armor mod that slightly enhances a character stat, can affect shield XP, shield hit points, movement speed, or your or your shield regeneration. So I mean, there's a couple more here. So those are a couple of examples of what you can get. So do I think this is a bad thing? Not necessarily. I don't think microtransactions are, in theory, a bad thing to have in your game. But when it's a full price game and you're expecting all your content to be there, this one has all the content there. Okay. The, this one I'm not. This one doesn't hurt me or bother me as much as some of the other ones that I've experienced or encountered. Um, the thing that bothers me about this one is the all these people buying it day one. Like I'm gonna go get it. Like I said earlier, I'm gonna go get it right now and play it today. All these people have this chance to have all these things before me because they buy a bunch of bright ingrams. So they're gonna be walking around having all this nice stuff before me. So that's one thing you're going to what's it's a little scummy because you're going to see somebody with you know something awesome they got by buying, you know, the currency. Which for me I can ignore, but it's a little skeezy and scummy because then you're looking at it like, "Ah, oh, I really want that. I can maybe just buy $10 worth of this." And then then you're in a $70 game and you buy $20 worth and then you're in an a $90 game. So it's just I don't know. I think that it needs to be toned down a lot and I see it a lot in other games. So earlier I did mention I wanted to talk about Call of Duty. Um, when I've, I've loved Call of Duty. I, I said that earlier. I played Modern Warfare 1, 2, 3, Black Ops 1, 2, 3. Those are my main ones I liked. Uh, I played Advanced Warfare on PC a bit and that was fun. Um, uh, this is actually the reason I'm doing YouTube right now because when I was playing in college, Modern Warfare 2, I looked up stuff on YouTube and it's like, people could play games on YouTube? What? They could talk about games on YouTube? But, you know, I, I used to live, listen to a podcast in high school and I've been kind of listening to podcasts since I was 18 and 16. I used to listen to a podcast called NoobTube, which they do occasionally still make episodes. And, yeah. I don't know why I'm talking about that right now, but anyway, Call of Duty, I've always liked it, and they started adding microtransactions a few years ago when they released Advanced Warfare, which had these, um, like, different attachments you can put on your weapons and different variants of your weapons, and at first, it was like, okay, you get a slight boost here and there, but it got to the point where when you get the drops... They, there's a very specific, I think it was called like a speakeasy weapon. It's a weird name. They had like a, a lot of weird names in that game. But the gun was amazing. It was OP. And it's like, why even use any other gun? So that was frustrating. Okay. Black Ops uh, 3. Okay, I didn't play. Man, these games, there's so many of these games. I think the next one after that was Black Ops 3, which I actually played probably, I don't know, I put multiple days worth of hours into it. I'd say probably two or 300 hours into the multiplayer alone because it's like I said, it's one of those, I had it for multiple years and I would just pop it on, play for 20 minutes here and there. Like, you know, almost every day, it would be like the cap to my game playing session or I watch a movie and I play a little bit. So I really, really liked Black Ops 3. I had a great time playing it, 
but they started adding microtransactions into the mix. They had them from the beginning, but of course, like all always, it starts out being little cosmetic things, and then it evolves into them having guns into in the boxes. Okay, so for Call of Duty Black Ops 3 to get uh, a rare box, you need 30 tokens. Okay. 30 tokens or I think it was tokens or call, call of duty points something like that but you need 30 to get the rare box which will almost ensure that you will get this really rare gun but in order to get 30 you have to play I would say 10 matches okay so you say I'll play 10 matches and then I get the rare box I open the rare box up there's three chances to get this gun that they come out with in this boxes in these boxes but it's a very, very, very low percentage. So what ends up happening is you'll have to play upwards of 100 to 200 to 300 matches or more just to get this one gun just to try it out. There's no option to buy it separately. Nothing like that. So what a lot of people will do is, of course, those crates, you can buy them with real money. They have a $99 tier to this transaction. So this is one of the reasons I do not like Call of Duty anymore. And I would, the only reason I would buy the new game is to play the campaign and then play multiplayer, but I will never touch the boxes. I will never buy a box. I have never bought a box in Black Ops 3 and I'm never gonna buy one of these boxes. But there are kids that will sit there and use their parents' credit card or streamers that perpetuate this thing because they will sit there and spend five thousand dollars just to get that new gun that came out and sometimes they'll drop four or five guns that you cannot play unless you get them in these raffle boxes these stupid microtransaction raffle boxes so i'm sitting here looking at this black ops 3 right i pop it in recently i uh, say within this last six months okay i'm playing and everybody else has these amazing overpowered weapons, like some like crazy energy weapons, all this stuff just destroying me. And I have no chance to compete because all these guns are in these stupid dime and nickel boxes that you have to buy just to get them unless you just know life it and you play the game all day, every single day until you get enough boxes to maybe get that one gun you're looking for or those three guns they dropped in the crates last week it is utter bullshit okay it's bullshit and i hate it this makes me hate gaming it's like i love gaming right don't get me wrong i talk about it constantly but this type of it's it, it feeds on on all of our obsession to have every single thing like in a game it feeds on our collector mentality when it comes to, okay, we're in this game, I unlocked all of these weapons, because that's part of Call of Duty, you prestige and you unlock more weapons again. So what happens is you'll level all the way up to 50, and then you're like, okay, you can keep two things, or I think it was three things in Black Ops 3, you keep three, your favorite three things, and then you level up again, and it's just fun, because you unlock new guns again, and you try out the weapons again, and it's just one of those things that you keep on doing over and over again until you get to max prestige, which I usually don't do that. But the mentality of the people playing Call of Duty 
will do that. That's why they play. They want to get that master prestige. They want to unlock everything. They want to have everything permanently unlocked. That's what you're building towards, right? So you see on your create a class screen where you have the weapons. You have these one these uh, blocks, right? You can see the outline, the silhouette of the weapon, but it will say contained in crate or some. I, I keep forgetting what the crates are called. Called. I don't really care, but you guys know what I'm talking about. So you'll look at your uh, assault rifle category. You'll see all the ones you've unlocked, right? And then you'll be level 55. You'll have all of them unlocked, but you'll still have four or five below it, blacked out with a silhouette that you can't tell what they are and you can't get them unless you buy the crates and possibly get those guns so when people see that that mental that uh, mentality that collection you know thing that flares up in your brain when you have to have everything to complete your set will pop up it's like yes i want those guns so people start buying boxes and buying boxes and they make a shit ton of money they rake it in with the money so for me, I'm just, I hate that I hate that they do that to people, and it's worse off because it gets kids to gamble. Because you know, it's a game is rated 18 plus, right? It's rated M, but you know, parents are gonna buy that game for their kids, and you know, there's gonna be a lot of kids playing that game. So what happens is the kids get addicted to that gambling to possibly get that weapon, and I feel like that's even more scummy than anything else when it comes to this and i just hate it i really do and it may and that's that's the reason that i'm getting destiny i already bought it i think i might be skipping shadow of war because i'm just getting sick of these boxes especially for these full price games if you take a game like let's say lawbreakers okay i haven't actually bought this game but i have watched plenty of gameplay i know how it plays i played the betas all the alphas everything they have uh, a ticket like a crate system in it where you can get cosmetic stuff and uh, the game's $30 so it's half price so if there's something I want I might uh, buy it and put it on my guy on that game if I was playing that because it's 30 bucks you know pay five bucks to get a crate it's not so determined on RNG to where you probably won't ever get that thing you know the way that Call of Duty does it is just it's just very, very. It's like they have some kind of uh, econ uh, economy guy, you know, somebody who knows knows all about money or whatever, sitting there just doing all these calculations just to get it to where people buy more and more. I don't know if that's true. I'm just that that I felt like I had a tinfoil hat on there for a second. Anyway, uh, my last point and my last game I want to talk about for this topic, and then we'll wrap up, is. Uh, Overwatch, and I have bought boxes in Overwatch, but for me, I felt like it was worth it, but it is scummy, especially the first event they had, you couldn't use points to buy the costumes in the game. Um, so Overwatch, they have their loot boxes, and it's all cosmetic stuff, but the outfits are, ama are amazing. They're really, really well done art. It's all brand new art. You see all brand new guns. It look you look unique when you put these skins on. So for me, I had played this game a lot. I mean, I, I put I played the beta the entire week and I leveled up to the cap. I think it was like 40 on the beta. 
or something like that. It was either 30 or 40. But I was already leveled all the way up on the beta. And then when it came out, uh, I think I got to like 80. Which I know that's not too high, but to me, that's a lot of gaming. And I played a lot of the... Uh, I probably put over 200 hours into Overwatch or 100 hours into Overwatch. It was a lot. So I decided one one of the events, a Halloween event, to buy a $30 box because I feel like the game rewards me with new content all the time for free. You know, I bought the game once and I'm always getting new content. And I felt like the way that their business model works, you buy, it's a little pricey up front, but you keep getting free updates forever. And I felt like uh, supporting the company buying these boxes was worth it and I had some cool skins I felt awesome and uh, it's not one of those things where you're sitting there for days and days and days and days trying to get usually sometimes it's hard to find some of them and I can see people's frustration with that but for me I had a good experience with that spent 30 bucks I got the skins I wanted and I was good and you could always earn gold to buy your weapons which is pretty nice so that's still scummy in itself but to me i had a better experience with that game than call of duty obviously i got a little frustrated talking about it even but do microtransactions ruin gaming this is microtransactions ruin gaming not necessarily but it can ruin specific games and it can ruin your experience and it can taint your opinion on a game for if they make a sequel or if they make an update and i feel like companies should step back and think if that extra 10 bucks per person 40 bucks per person is worth it they probably do think it is but to me i if i was to craft like you know some kind of business strategy for this i would rather have all the stuff in the game and then charge somebody for an update or like a expansion pass or you know if you have the guns in the crates okay you don't have time to sit there and you don't want to you know go through the crates offer the guns for purchase just individually you know it's like okay I want that gun it's either you sit there and you possibly get it in this crate or you pay five bucks you get the gun for me playing that game that much and I could play five, pay five bucks, and I can still keep playing with the new powerful guns, and don't feel outclassed by everybody. I would probably do that, but you know, they got to make their money somehow. I know game game development is really really expensive, and it's just going to get more expensive as everything gets more high fidelity. They need more people to build these huge worlds. They need more people to build these. Uh, giant multiplayer um, suites for their games they need um, all the marketing and uh, I know it's expensive to make a game it's the most expensive form of an entertainment out there and I know they need to make some of it back somehow but it can be intrusive and it's frustrating sometimes and uh, I think that I don't know what I think that it's just something that needs to be lessened or it needs to at least feel a bit more fair in some of these games. So I don't know if it's ever going to go away 100%. It probably won't. It's probably going to be around forever. But I really hope that it doesn't get to the point 
where I just don't want to play any game ever because there's loot boxes in there that destroy my experience. That's all. I want to actually try these games. I want to play them. I want to enjoy them. And um, I don't want to feel like they just want my dollar every time I turn the corner or every time I go to a different menu in the game. That's it. I think that's it for the podcast this week. Let me know what you guys feel about this topic, um, either on the Cartridge Club site, um, in the forums. You can talk on the comments on YouTube. You can come over to Twitter, Frantic Society. That's Frantic, S-O-C-I-E-T-Y, on Twitter, on Twitter, on Twitter. <laughs> uh, check out my Nidhogg 2 review. I posted it a couple days ago, and... Um, I feel like I did a pretty good job. I'm sorry if you hear random noises. My cat is on the desk. She's still going crazy. Let me see if I can get her in the ca- in the cam here. If you're watching the video version, there she is. She is just going nuts. Storm, do not hiss at me. <laughs> anyway, um, I feel like it got a little quieter in here. But, you know, I'm having a good time. Just chilling. Check me out on YouTube. It's Frantic on YouTube. Uh, If you go to my Twitter, Frantic Society, you can see all my links there to my YouTube, to everything. Uh, Leave a rating on iTunes if you have five minutes or it won't even take that long. If you're especially if you're on the iTunes app, just give me a rating what you feel the podcast deserves. I have zero ratings so far. So if I could just get a couple, that'd be awesome. Uh, Tell your friend if you enjoyed it. And uh, I think that's about it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Any positive, negative feedback is appreciated. Let's talk about it. We could talk about anything. Talk about any of the stories. And um, that's why I'm here. Just have a conversation with y'all. So, see you next week, all right? Next Thursday on Frantic Thoughts. Bye-bye.